a huge day for Arizona basketball and what it means going forward while breaking down where these players are going to go and what their fit means. Let's get to it. You're listening to Locked On Wildcats. You are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right, yesterday, big news for Arizona basketball. We're going to talk about each fit for the player, and then at the end, what it means for Mr. Tommy Lloyd. But first, NBA draft came and went. Ben Matherin ends up number six to the Indiana Pacers. I love this fit. It wasn't one of the schools that I, or one of the teams that I thought that would be uh, in contention for Ben, but now that they've selected Ben, let's talk about it. You've already got a, it's a fairly stable franchise right there. It's not a team or it's not a program where you've got, it's not, it's a, it's a fairly stable franchise. It's not a program where you've got 10 different owners coming in, where you've got five different coaches, where you have no talent. It's not the Sacramento Kings. It's a team that has some, young pieces. And let's talk about those and how they'll affect Ben Matherin. You've got Tyrese Halliburton at the point. I'm a big, big Tyrese Halliburton fan, mainly because he's a point guard that knows how to play basketball. He's an older guy for being a young player, if that makes any sense. And he's about six foot two. I've got a very good understanding for the game of basketball. He's also a he's a winning basketball player too. You can tell when the Pacers said we want to have him in that draft or him in the trade as well with Sabonis. There was a reason that they wanted it. But you factor him in, he's probably going to be your long-term point guard for about 7 or 8 years, and that's always something nice because you know how as a wing you're going to be able to fit in there. Then you've got Chris Duarte at the 2. I love Chris Duarte. Um Oregon kid uh, vastly outperformed expectations last year. He's about six foot six, very athletic. He's not super dynamic with the ball, but he's more than good enough. He probably projects as about a 15 or 16 point per game score throughout his career. Big Duarte fan. I like him. Ben Matherin to me is the ideal fit in there at the three. And again, you could say, well, Ben's a little bit undersized for the three. Fair enough. But you know what? We're in a different era of basketball right now. Matherin at Matherin is incredibly well put together. So he's not, it's not like he's going to be abused. It's not like he's going to be pushed around or anything like that. He's, he's going to be able to hold his own, but he's also, a much, much better offensive player than I think a lot of people understood until they got to the draft. Once I think a lot of teams got to the draft, they understood that, whoa, this guy's a little bit better than maybe we thought. And it starts with his ball handling. Everybody knows that Ben Matherin can shoot the basketball. You can look at his percentages from his freshman year. You can look at his percentages from his sophomore year and figure that one out. And he's a very good set shooter. The one concern that I think everybody had was what kind of player would he be coming back? Would he be able to have more offensive skills? And he answered that one in resounding fashion. He came back and not only was he able to create off the dribble, but 
he was able to create off the dribble at a level where he could get to all three sp- spots on the court. He could pull up from long range. We already knew we could do that, but he could also with his hesitation dribble, he could pull up, he could do a lot of different things. He is a player that I think right now you think to yourself that his upside is, and I was going back and forth with a buddy of mine on uh, uh, some message board posts. And I think his upside is probably Jason Richardson plus he's Ben is more or Ben is a more natural basketball player, I think than Jason Richardson. Uh, Ben's got certainly more wiggle, more hesitation with the ball. But the one thing that you do worry about with a guy like a Ben Matherin is just how much better can he get? How motivated will he stay? Richardson became a 17 or 18 point per game guy. He also, I think, had a little or at least demonstrated a little bit more grit at the high school or at the college level. We'll see if that maintains with Matherin. But that's kind of what you're looking at right now. Now, if Matherin really hits, you're looking at a player that's probably going to be a 25, 24 point per game guy. He's got that type of ability. Again, that is the apex of his potential, though. But he's also a fairly easy guy to peg as a not big, uh, you know, he's a fairly easy guy to peg as being, you know, let's be honest here, um, a 14, 15 point per game guy, bare minimum. He's got that kind of ability right there, and he should be that. Now, you wonder on the defensive side, what kind of player will he become there? Because at Arizona, got to call a spade a spade here. He wasn't a great defender, and there's really no reason that he shouldn't be a great defender because he's physically gifted. He can move well laterally. He's engaged when he's engaged. He's he's a monster out there. There's nothing that he can't do. It's all a matter of want to for him. So. We'll see exactly where that takes him. But again, Indiana Pacers, great spot for Ben. Love the fit. I also think that uh, avoiding a place like the Sacramento Kings is ideal for him. I was worried that he was going to show up in Sacramento and that he was he, he would get lost in the shuffle, as so many different players do there. It feels like the Kings have a top five pick every year, and every year they blow it or they do something that they probably shouldn't have done. This is a little bit different right now. So going to the Pacers, big news for Ben Matherin, very good news for the U of A. And we're going to talk about what that means to Arizona, but also you got to give Tommy Lloyd a lot of credit. And we're going to talk about Tommy Lloyd as well and the credit that he deserves for all of these players. But Matherin is a guy that really improved a ton. And I think Tommy Lloyd came in and said, you know what? You've got ball handling ability. Let's try to get that to the next level. And Matherin came back and he showed that. Now, how far can he take that? That's what we're going to find out. But right now, right now, you like the fit. I would imagine he's going to be a nine or a 10 point per game guy, something like that. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. Big kudos to Ben for going out there. All right. my Let's talk about my favorite player in the entire class and on the Arizona roster coming up on the other side. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right. We're talking a ton of Arizona basketball right now, obviously. And let's be honest. It was a big day for Arizona. We just talked about Ben Matherin in the fit. Now let's talk about Dalen Terry. Now people need to remember when I say that Dalen Terry, he's my favorite player. And I think he's got the most upside. It's because I think he does have the most upside. And 
the Bulls are a fascinating fit because it's certainly not a great franchise by any means, but it's good enough. You go there, you've already got Lonzo Ball in the fold, which I think is going to limit Terry's minutes, but I'm okay with that because Terry's not going to play a ton of minutes to begin with anyways. So uh, you got Zach Levine there, obviously. You got Kobe White. Not very good team, but I like Billy Donovan as a coach. I think he's a pretty good guy. I think he knows what he's doing. So let's talk about Dalen Terry. Um, I first saw Dalen Terry when he was a freshman in high school at Corona del Sol. And great. He was about six foot four at the time. You could tell great basketball body. And he was an easy guy to project as a college player. But I think so many different people wondered what exactly was his upside? Would he be able to come a score or was he going to be more of a stationary set shot guy who also plays D now there was no reason that he shouldn't have been able to be more than a stationary set guy who just plays D because he is a fantastic passer. That's the thing that really stuck out to me that I think a lot of people need to keep an eye on is he's a next level passing type player. He can get into the lane. He can dish off for his teammates. He can dish out for the three. There's a lot of different things to like about Dalen Terry when it comes to his passing. And he's got the, he's got the, ball handling to an extent to be able to get where he needs to be able to get. And what I mean by that is he can, he can get by his guy. And when he gets by his guy, another player converges, he can either dump it down. He can pitch it out to the wing. There's a lot of different avenues that he can take. And in the full court, he is a terror. He's got the full court bounce pass. He's got a lot of different avenues that he can hit you with as well there. It'll now the thing that you got to wonder about is his shooting. He is a he's a better shooter than people think. I think people have this idea that he can barely, you know, get the ball in the rim. I mean, heck, I think I saw the stat where in the last 16 games he shot 40 something percent from three. People are a little bit thrown off by the form. I get that. I think that's a I think that's a fair concern because it's kind of weird. It's kind of hitchy and it's a little bit low. But I imagine that er, that teams will maybe work on that a little bit, but even if they don't, he's going to be a fine guy that can just shoot in the corner or from the perimeter. But in order to take that next step, he's going to be able to have to get a little bit more with the dribble to, you know, pull up, be able to launch shots like that. I do think that uh, defensively he's going to be, he's going to be a monster. If Dalen Terry is playing 35 minutes a game in the NBA, he's probably going to be accumulating some all defense honors because he's got that kind of potential. Um, the other thing, he's a great kid. You've never come across anybody that says, man, I don't like Dalen Terry. You've never come across a coach that says, I don't like Dalen Terry. He is just an easy dude to get behind. He's an easy guy to root for. And I think the Bulls are going to steal here. Now, you got to be patient with him. He's not, I'm his biggest fan, but he's not ready to come in and play 35 minutes a game. The shot isn't there. I'm not sure that the physical maturity is quite there but it will get there and it's going to get there sooner than later. So the bulls just need to be patient with him. My concern is that they aren't, or that they have him going back and forth from the G league to the NBA. I'd like to see him stick somewhere and just work with him all year, kind of a red shirt type year, but I'm always asked too, you know, what is, what is his upside? And I think he's Andre Iguodala light. He's not quite as athletic as Iggy. He doesn't jump off the screen part in the pun quite like Iggy, 
but he's still a great athlete. He's still a great run-jump athlete. He's probably every bit as long as Andre Iguodala, which is crazy to think about because Andre Iguodala is one of the, you know, one of the longest players in the entire league. But he's got a lot, he's got a lot going on for him right there. So you've got Dale, you've got Dalen Terry, and his best basketball is in front of him. And besides, like I said, and it matters too, when you're a good dude. When an NBA team can say, all right, however good he's going to be is how good he's going to be, meaning that I can put him into a variety of different situations. He's not going to sulk, and he's going to be the best player that he can be. You're going to take that because you see the physical tools that he was dealt. You see the intangibles that he has as well, and there's a lot to be intrigued by there. This is one of the biggest climbers in the entire draft when you think about it. I mean, he went from being a, what, a top you know, a top 50 pick to going 18 and kudos to his family as well, because, you know, they bet on him. His father, Al Terry knew exactly what he was doing and they were able to take that entire thing and they were able to take it to fruition. So again, kudos to Dalen. Also cool that you had three native Phoenicians that were drafted in the first round in Jalen Williams, Dalen Terry and Ty Ty Washington. So some in-state love there as well. All right. Now, the next guy that we got to get to is Christian Coloco. Take it for what it's worth on Christian Coloco, because I was certainly wrong on my preseason projections before the season, but still my job to break down what I think of Coloco, where he's going to go. We'll be right back with you. You're listening to the Locked On Wildcats podcast. Thanks for keeping it Locked On Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. Also, we need to tell you a little bit about two different uh, sites that I was uh, I made a mistake on here earlier. Bet online. Bet online sportsbook is the best place that you need to be for everything. Why in the world would you not be at Bet online when it's been around forever? It's easy to navigate and just as importantly, it's fun. You've got all the props, you've got all the odds, you've got all the betting lines, everything you need is at Bet Online Sportsbook. They take their stuff very seriously, and there's a reason that they take things seriously. It's because they've been around, and there is a uh, there's a way that the customer reaches. They, there's a thing with the customer that they want to they want to impress you. So again, you got odds, you got betting lines, you got futures. You could have bet on the NBA draft last night. Check out the Bet Online Sportsbook app. Okay, Christian Coloco. Coloco, first of all, is a great kid. All of these guys are great kids, which is makes it even easier to root for them because you know that you're dealing with quality individuals. But Coloco is about he's a legitimate seven foot. You can tell by watching him. And I was worried because his first couple years, he got into foul trouble all the time, it seemed. And defensively, while he could block shots, it seemed like he was always out of position. And offensively, the hands were just terrible. Tommy Lloyd comes in and Christian Coloco becomes one of the best big men in the country. I think a lot of that's Tommy Lloyd. Some of that's also an indictment on Sean Miller, but Lloyd was asked, you know, what's the difference in Christian Coloco? And he says, you know, we love on him. We, we love Christian over here. And I think that made it very easy for a kid who's a sensitive guy that every time I screw up, I'm not going to have to look over on the coaching staff and they're going to be screaming at me. It's different. And so here's what we have now. Now you have a guy in Christian Coloco who defensively is able to play pretty much any big man position he wants. And I always go back to this, but when Arizona's playing UCLA, 
towards the end of the game. They had Coloco, Arizona, guarding Jaime Jaquez. You generally don't see that a ton. And, you know, he's six foot seven, uh, Jaquez, and he's a wing, and he's one of the better wings in the entire conference. So the fact that Coloco was able to guard him, and then, you know, in other games, he's able to guard an Infali Dante or somebody like that. That shows you his versatility. So defensively, he's ready made already for the NBA. Offensively is where I think it becomes a little bit interesting for him because I don't view him as being a great finisher around the hoop. Um, he's a good athlete, but he's not that next level second hop type athlete. He's also not a refined finisher around the hoop. So I don't never I don't really see him becoming good or above average in those areas in the NBA. But what I'm incredibly intrigued by is what he can do from a shooting perspective. Shooting wise, you're you're looking at a player who showed a soft touch, showed form out to 15 or 16 feet but you never really got to see that entire uh, in that entire ensemble we saw some instagram highlights last year where he was rain where he was raining threes during the summer the form looked good i think that there's more where that came from and it's going to take a little bit of time for sure because that's a different part of his game but when you've got the skills that he has when you're a team like the raptors raptors are a perfect fit for him especially being that they might lose chris boucher you go for that that makes a ton of sense for me. I would love to see, I would love to see uh, him maybe even get a two-year red shirt. And by the time he's 24, he's ready to rock and roll. One thing though that is ready to rock and roll is rockauto.com. John Schuster and I have talked about this a ton, but rockauto.com is your one-stop shop for car repair spot. Now, especially with the economy the way it is, you want to try to save as much money as possible, you're going to rockauto.com. They can get you everything. It doesn't really matter what you need. They've got it. And, you know, you get it and say, well, I don't know what to do with it. Have somebody install it. It's still going to be cheaper than actually going to the store or going to the shop. That's what we're talking about. Rockauto.com. It's been here forever, and it's not going anywhere. All right. One guy that's not going anywhere either is Tommy Lloyd. So it's a huge win. There's a huge victory for Tommy Lloyd. He was given a roster last year that, you know, hadn't done much in the NC, had, hadn't won a tournament game in five years. And granted, you got to give Sean Miller some kudos because he gave Tommy Lloyd a pretty talented roster. Obviously, these three players were all Sean Miller players, but Lloyd was the one that really brought the most out of all of them. Ben Matherin isn't playing with that kind of offensive confidence under Sean Miller. Neither is Dalen Terry. Dalen Terry's going to be staying in the corner or Christian Coloco. Lloyd just knew all the right buttons to push. And when you watch Lloyd interact with players, when you watch Roy Lloyd interact with people, you can just tell that he gets that part of the job. He's a pleasure to watch. Um, very happy that Arizona has him at this point. But it's also big for him. You got two first-round picks and you got a very high second-round pick in your first year on the job. Not that you needed a ton more recruiting ammo because you've already done a pretty good job there, but it's also easy to see you walking into a living room and saying, yeah, um, I put three guys into the league in my first year. Kids want to hear that. You know, Most kids don't dream of playing college basketball. They dream of playing professional basketball, and that's where I think it's a little bit different. So, again, huge day yesterday for Arizona Wildcats. 
tip of the cap to Ben Matherin, Dalen Terry, and Christian Coloco. And another tip of the cap, obviously, to Tommy Lloyd. Um, this was big time for Arizona. Ba- this was big time for Arizona basketball right here. All right. You all have a great weekend. We'll be back with you next week. We're going to be talking more recruiting. We're going to talk more Arizona basketball, a look to the future. Thanks so much. You've been listening to the Locked On Wildcats podcast.